I'm overwhelmed by the response that I've gotten in the past year. Um, you know, it's been two years now since I've been on TikTok and to see the kind of response that's come, it's been really encouraging. Um, so I want to say that I want to preface by saying that, yes, thank you so much. And the other thing I want to also uh, mention as well is I want to thank all my patrons, all of you who support. I'm getting more and more messages, even from my patrons who message me and say, hey, how, you know, how can I go deeper? How can I give more? How can I support more? Listen, I, I'm I'm beyond encouraged by that. Um, I thank every one of my patrons who support. And you may not feel like $10 a month is a big deal, but it is huge. It is a big deal. And I'm really grateful for each and every one of you. I pray for you all in the same way you guys have been an answer to prayer for my wife and I. Um, for those of you who support on Patreon, you've been an answer to prayer for us because we've always been praying about how do we support the ministry that God is calling us to do. You know, especially with all the other obligations that I've had. And so I've been able to focus more and more of my time to do this because of your support. And so, yeah, it may not seem like a big deal. It may seem like, man, it's just a Netflix subscription. It is a huge deal. As a matter of fact, there's some of you who have actually told me a message and said that you went ahead and just put your Hulu subscription to the side in order to support on Patreon. And so I want to say that, guys, thank you so much. Thank you for your support. Love you guys. Love you, fam. And um, I look forward to what we're going to do together. I can't wait to share some amazing announcements with you guys um, on Patreon as well, because we got some amazing news, some new things that we're we're, we're bringing to the fold. So I'm really excited about that. Um, and again, Bible study, I posted it last night. So if you if you missed the Bible study that we did on Patreon, it is available to you. So you can go ahead and check it out. And if you're interested in supporting on Patreon, I want to encourage you as well. Click the link in the bio, click the link in the profile, and there you'll learn how you can become a patron. Um, and if you're interested, I can give you the link right now. It's patreon.com slash Isaac Frere, patreon.com slash Isaac Frere. Uh, but here's what we came to do. What we came to do is just to vote our time in the reading of the word. And that's why we're here. We're here to read through scripture. I truly believe this, that the most important endeavor for a believer is to just read through the Bible. And that's what we've been doing. We read Ecclesiastes 1 through 6 yesterday. And my intention for you all is to finish reading Ecclesiastes with you all today and just to see the wisdom and the insight that God has for us this morning. So if you can, go ahead and turn your Bibles there. We're going to be meditating. This is not a Bible study. I, I reserve that for Patreon. This is a meditation. And so I want you to ask three questions. God, what are you revealing concerning yourself? God, what are you revealing concerning people? And third question is, God, what are you revealing concerning me? So those are the three questions we're going to ask as we engage in the word. And I pray that this time would be a blessing to you that as I read and as you read along with me, that God would speak to you in a very specific way, okay? that he would minister to you in a very specific way. And so let this word be a blessing to you today. Father, I ask, Lord, that you would be with us. Lord, I pray for your wisdom. I pray for your insight. I pray that you would um, make things clear for us today. Reorient us, Lord. If there's something in us that needs to be changed, change it. If there's a part of us that needs to just be encouraged today, Lord, provide it to us. Lord, we thank you um, for what you're doing and for what you continue to do, for what you've done in our journey together and for what is to come. And so um, we just bless this time. And we say that in Jesus' name. Amen. Ecclesiastes chapter 7, and we're going to read verse 1, and it says this. A good name is better than precious ointment, 
and the day of death than the day of one's birth. Better to go to the house of mourning than to go to the house of feasting, for that is the end of all men, and the living will take it to heart. Sorrow is better than laughter, for by a sad countenance the heart is made better. The heart of the wise is in the house of mourning, and the heart of fools is in the house of mirth. It is better to hear the rebuke of the wise than for a man to hear the song of fools. For like the crackling of horns of thorns under the pot, so is the laughter of a fool. This is also vanity. Surely oppression destroys a man, a wise man's reason, and a bribe debases the heart. The end of a thing is better than its beginning. The patient in spirit is better than the proud in spirit. Do not hasten in your spirit to be angry, for anger rests in the bosom of fools. Do not say, why were the former days better than these? For you do not inquire wisely concerning this. Wisdom is good with an inheritance and profitable to those who see the sun. For wisdom is a defense as money is a defense. But the excellence of knowledge is that wisdom gives life to those who have it. Consider the work of God. For who can make straight what he has made crooked? In the day of prosperity, be joyful. But in the day of adversity, consider. Surely God has appointed the one as well as the other. So that man can find out nothing that will come after him. I have seen everything in my days of vanity. There is a just man who perishes in his righteousness and a wicked man who prolongs life in his wickedness. Hmm. Do not be overly righteous nor overly wise. Why should you destroy yourself? Do not be overly wicked nor be foolish. Why should you die before your time? It is good that you grasp this and also not remove your hand from the other. For he who fears God will escape them all. Wisdom strengthens the wise more than ten rulers of the city. For there is not a just man on earth who does good and does not sin. Also, do not take to heart everything people say, lest you hear your servant cursing you. For many times also your own heart has known that even you have cursed others. All this I have proved by wisdom. I said I will be wise, but it was far from me. As for that which is far off and exceedingly deep, who can find it out? I applied my heart to know, to search and seek out wisdom and the reason of things, to know the wickedness of folly, even of foolishness and madness. And I find more bitter than death the woman whose heart is snares and nets, whose hands are fetters. <clears throat> he who pleases God shall escape from her, but the sinner shall be trapped by her. Here's what I have found, says the preacher. Adding one thing to the other to find out the reason, which my soul still seeks out, but I cannot find. One man among a thousand I have found, but a woman among all these I have not found. Truly, this only I have found, that God made the upright. Hmm. But they have sought out many schemes.
Ecclesiastes 8. Who is like a wise man and who knows the interpretation of a thing? A man's wisdom makes his face shine and the sternness of his face is changed. I say, keep the king's commandment for the sake of your own oath to God. Do not be hasty to go from his presence. Do not take your stand for an evil thing, for he does whatever pleases him. Where the word of a king is, there is power. And who may say to him, what are you doing? He who keeps his command will experience nothing harmful. And a wise man's heart discerns both time and judgment. Because for every matter, there is a time and judgment. Though the misery of a man increases greatly, for he does not know what will happen. So who can tell him when it will occur? No one has power over the spirit to retain the spirit. And no one has power in the day of death. There is no release from that war, and wickedness will not deliver those who are given to it. All this I have seen, and applied my heart to every work that is under the sun. There is a time in which one man rules over another to his own hurt. Then I saw the wicked buried, who had come and gone out from a place of holiness, and they were forgotten in the city where they laid, where they had so done. This is also vanity. Because the sentence against an evil work is not executed speedily. Therefore, the heart of the sons of men is fully set in them to do evil. Though a sinner does evil a hundred times and his days are prolonged, yet I surely know that I will be well with those who fear God, who fear before him. But it will not be well with the wicked for nor will he prolong his days, which are as a shadow, because he does not fear before God. There is vanity, which occurs on earth, that there are just men to whom it happens according to the work of the wicked. Again, there are wicked men to whom it happens according to the work of the righteous. I said, this is all vanity. So I commended enjoyment. Because a man has nothing better under the sun than to eat, drink, and be merry. For this will remain with him in his labor all the days of his life, which God gives him under the sun. Hmm. When I applied my heart to know wisdom and see the business that is done on earth, even though one sees no sleep day or night, then I saw all the work of God, that a man cannot find out the work that is done under the sun. For though a man labors to discover it, yet he will not find it. Moreover, though wise men attempt to know it, he is not able to find it. Oh. <laughs> what a reminder. Ecclesiastes 9. For I consider all this in my heart, so that I could declare it all that the righteous and the wise and their works are in the hand of God. People know neither love nor hatred by anything they see before them. All things come alike to all. One thing happens to the righteous and the wicked, to the good, the clean, and the unclean, to him who sacrifices and him who does not sacrifice. As is the good, so is the sinner. He who takes an oath as he who fears an oath. Hmm. 
This is an evil that is done under the sun. That one thing happens to all. Truly, the hearts of the sons of men are full of evil. Madness is in their hearts while they live. And after they go to death, uh, sorry, after they go to the dead. But for him who is joined to all the living, there is hope. For a living dog is better than a dead lion. For the living know that they will die, but the dead know nothing. And they have no more reward, for the memory of them is forgotten. Also their love, their hatred, and their envy have now perished. Nevermore will they have a share in anything done under the sun. Go, eat your bread with joy. And drink your wine with a merry heart, for God has already accepted your works. Let your garments always be white, and let your head lack no oil. Live joyfully with the wife whom you love all the days of your vain life, which he has given you under the sun, all your days of vanity, for that is your portion in life and in the labor which you perform under the sun. Whatever your hand finds to do, do it with your might for there's no work or device or knowledge or wisdom in the grave where you are going. I returned and saw under the sun that the race is not to the swift, nor the battle to the strong, nor bread to the wise, nor riches to men of understanding, nor favor to men of skill, but time and chance happen to them all. For man also does not know his time. Like fish taken in a cruel net, like birds caught in a snare, so the sons of men are snared in an evil time, when it suddenly falls upon them. Hmm. This wisdom I have also seen under the sun, and it seemed great to me. There will There was a little city with few men in it, and a great king came against it, besieged it, and built great snares about it. Now there was found in it a poor wise man, and he by his wisdom delivered the city, yet no one remembered the same poor man. Then he said, Wisdom is better than strength. Nevertheless, the poor man's wisdom is despised, and his words are not heard. Words of the wise spoken quietly should be heard, rather than the shout of a ruler of fools. Wisdom is better than weapons of war, but one sinner destroys much good. Hmm. Ecclesiastes 10. Dead flies putrefy the, 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 the perfumer's ointment. Goodness gracious. Dead flies putrefy the performer's ointment and cause it to give off a foul odor. So does a little folly to one respected for wisdom and honor. A wise man's heart is at his right hand, but a fool's heart is at his left. When a fool walks along the way, he lacks wisdom, and he shows everyone that he is a fool. If the spirit of a ruler rises against you, do not leave your post. For a conciliation pacifies great offenses. There is an evil I have seen under the sun, as an error proceeding from the ruler. Folly is set in great dignity, while the rich sit in a lowly place. I have seen servants on horses, while princes walk on the ground like servants. 
He who digs a pit will fall into it. Whoever breaks through a wall will be bitten by a serpent. He who who quarries stone may be hurt by them, and he who splits wood may be endangered by it. If the axe is dull and no one does not sharpen the edge, then he must use more strength. But wisdom brings success. A serpent may bite when it is not charmed. A babbler is no different. The words of a wise mouth are gracious, but the lips of fools shall swallow him up. The words of his mouth begin with foolishness, and the end of his talk is raving madness. A fool also multiplies words. A man knows what is to be. Who can tell him what will be after him? The labor of fools wearies them, for they do not even know how to go to the city. Woe to you, O land, when your king is a child and your princes feast in the morning. Blessed are you, O land, when your king is the son of nobles and your princes feast at a proper time for strength and not for drunkenness. Because of laziness, the building decays and through idleness of hands, the house leaks. A feast is made for laughter and wine makes merry, but money answers everything. Do not curse the king even in your thought. Do not curse the rich even in your bedroom. For a bird of the air may carry your voice and a bird in flight may tell Oops, a bird in flight may tell the matter. Hmm. Ecclesiastes 11. Cast your bread upon the waters, for you will find it after many days. Give a serving to seven and also to eight, for you do not know what evil will be on the earth. If the clouds are full of rain, they empty themselves upon the earth. And if a tree falls to the south or the north in the place where the tree falls, there it will lie. He who observes the wind will not sow and he who regards the clouds will not reap. As you do not know what is the way of the wind or how the bones grow in the womb of her who is with child. So you do not know the works of God who makes everything. In the morning, sow your seed and in the evening, Do not withhold your hand, for you do not know which will prosper, either this or that, or whether both alike will be good. Truly the light is sweet, and it is pleasant before the eyes to behold the sun. But if a man lives many years and rejoices in them all, yet let him remember the days of darkness, for they will be many. All that is coming is vanity. All that is coming is is vanity. Hmm. Rejoice, O young man, in your youth, and let your heart cheer you in the days of your youth. Walk in the ways of your heart and in the sight of your eyes, but know that all these God will bring you into judgment. Therefore, remove sorrow from your heart and put away evil from your flesh. For childhood and youth are vanity. Hmm. Hold on one second, guys. Looks like IG just decided to freeze on us, huh? 
Let's see if I can resurrect IG here. <laughs> Let's see. Hopefully that works. Well, who knows? Maybe IG just maybe IG just banned me. <laughs> I'm, I'm sorry. I'm being facetious. I'm being facetious. Okay. I, I'm just going to let it roll since we're already here. Um, Ecclesiastes 12. Remember now your creator in the days of your youth before the difficult days come and the years draw near when you say, I have no pleasure in them. While the sun and the light, the moon and the stars are not darkened and the clouds do not return after the rain in the day when the keepers of the house tremble and the strong men bow down. When the grinders cease because they are few and those that look through the windows grow dim when the, when the doors are shut in the streets and the sound of the grinding is low. When one rises up at the sound of a bird and all the daughters of music are brought low. Also, they are afraid of height and of terrors in the way when the almond tree blossoms and the grasshopper is a burden and desire falls for a man goes to his eternal home and the mourners go about the streets. Remember your creator before the silver cord is loosed or the golden bowl is broken or the pitcher shattered at the fountain or the wheel broken at the well. Then the dust will return to the earth as it was, and the spirit will return to God who gave it. Vanity of vanities, says the preacher. All is vanity. Hmm. And moreover, because the preacher was wise, he still taught the people knowledge. Yes, he pondered and sought out and set in order many proverbs. The preacher sought to find acceptable words and what was written was upright, words of truth. The words of the wise are like goads and the words of scholars are like driven nails given by one shepherd. Further, my son, be admonished by these. Of making many books, there is no end and much study is wearisome in the flesh. Tell, sorry, let us hear the conclusion of the whole matter. Fear God and keep his commandments, for this is man's all. For God will bring every work into judgment, including every secret thing, whether good or evil. Hmm. And that, my friends, is Ecclesiastes. If you have been journeying with us, you know that this has been our thing. It's been the thing that we do, right? We spend some time every morning reading the word, 20 to 30 minutes every day reading the word. And if you've been with us from Genesis, you know now that we've gone from Genesis, Exodus, Leviticus, Numbers, Deuteronomy, Joshua, Judges, Ruth, 1st Samuel, 2nd Samuel, 1st Kings, 2nd Kings, 1st Chronicles, 2nd Chronicles, Ezra, Nehemiah, Esther, Job, Psalms, Proverbs, and now we're in Ecclesiastes. And we're closing out Ecclesiastes today. We've read through it all. And we've been on this journey together. Now, 
for those of you who have been journeying with me in this, there are those of you who are the OGs in the game. You've been here from the gate when we started in Matthew. And so we read from Matthew all the way to Revelation. And now we're going back and reading through the Old Testament to then read the New Testament all over again, all through Revelation, just to show you guys a simple commitment, y'all. A simple commitment of 20, 30 minutes a day gets you through a lot of scripture. Half a Netflix episode a day gets you through a lot of scripture. So I want to congratulate you, those of you who've been journeying with us. And if you're looking to catch up, looking to go back, I encourage you, um, subscribe to the Read and Rant podcast. Read and Rant podcast. As a matter of fact, you can find it at readandrant.com. Yes, I created a website for it now. Readandrant.com. And so you can subscribe to the Read and Rant podcast. Catch up. Catch up on, on the content. I know this is not going to be available today. This will be available to our patrons later, maybe like in an hour or so. But even if you can't become a patron, you, the podcast and all the reading is still available to you. And so I want to make sure I want to encourage you guys to go and just journey with us through the scriptures. Okay. It'll be a life changing endeavor. It transforms lives. And many of you have testified to how it's transformed your life. Yes, Cherie, become a patron as well. Um, because again, your support is what makes all of this possible. Your support is what's actually opened doors. And the more people support, the more doors will be open to what we can do as far as creating more content and books. And I've been thinking about booklets and study guides and things of that nature, just to help bring simplicity to what many will look at the scriptures as, as a profoundly complex or overly deep book that's hard for you to understand. And I want to take that away from you. I want to take all that away from you to show you that this is not as complex as we often make it. And yes, it is complex in the sense that those who want to engage in the intellectual exercise of the work and man, they can, they can intellectualize themselves to their joy, but it's simple enough that even as my sons are journeying through the text that they can learn and they can grow from this, this is for everyone. This is for everyone, for every believer. And there are lessons that we learn to this. And this is not a Bible study. This is simply a reflection. And if you are here for the first time, thank you for coming through. Thank you for being a part of this. But I just want to share a closing thought with you guys. As we have now completed the book of Ecclesiastes, tomorrow we get to start Song of Solomon. And I know, you know, people sometimes, oh my gosh, Song of Solomon. Oh my goodness. Anyway, it's going to be fun because Song of Solomon isn't necessarily what people make it out to be. Um, and anyway, I'll, we'll, we'll talk about that when we get into Song of Solomon next week. But today I want us to close our thought and our time on Ecclesiastes. Um, if you are a person who's down, Ecclesiastes may seem like the kind of thing that doesn't really help you. Like if you're down and out, you know, you're just not in the best of spirits you're in the lowest of spirits. You may read Ecclesiastes and you may be like, man, this is, this is leading me to even deeper depression. Ecclesiastes at first glance may not seem like a book that's very encouraging, right? Like you read it, you go, man, I don't really, man, this is tough. You read all this, you're like, man, who is this? Who is this author? And man, like, Wow, vanity of vanities, all is vanity. Just just that just that thought that none of this matters, that it's all vapor. 
and that it all just disappears. We talked a little bit about this yesterday, vain vapor, how it's just all, you know, whether it be our career or whether it be title or pleasure or wealth or success, these things, they, they disappear. And isn't that true? Like, just spend a moment, just for a second, and just think about this for a second. When it comes to the matters of the cycle of life, is the author wrong here? Is he wrong? I mean, how many stories did you hear about the uncle or the aunt or the mother or the father or the grandmother or the grandfather or the great uncle or the great aunt who, man, worked hard and hard and hard and worked themselves to death? only to reach old age and they couldn't enjoy the success of their hard work. Only to reach old age and then to finally get to get all the stuff they've been hustling and working for and not to get to really enjoy it. Or for those who actually received the wealth and yet even when they received it, just didn't really enjoy it. Didn't, it, it leads to a place of us thinking and and reflecting on this reality that the pleasures of life, they disappear so quickly. Life, when it's dependent on career or the things that we, you know, that's that culture and society tell us is important and valuable, right? Like get the bag, secure the bag, get married, have kids. When you get there, you get there and you go, there's nothing here. I'm, I'm here now. So what do I do? And for some of us, the answer that we've told ourselves is we just don't have enough of it. So we get some money and yet we still feel broke. Our income goes up and then we're like, bro, why do I feel like I'm not happier and not, not better? Your income goes up, then your spending goes up and then your spending goes up with your income. And even when, you're, when your spending goes up with your income, you're not really enjoying much. And then if you save your income, you're like, man, I'm not like that person who spends it. I save it. You save it only to then reach old age and not enjoy it. And so now we have this conflict and we're wondering, okay, well, what do we actually do? Because this is a dilemma of sorts. But then when we really think about it, in the end, what does it ever really do for us? Or what about our careers? Yeah, we want to win in our careers and we want to get the promotion, but... How many people have gotten promoted and gotten fired the same year? How many people have seen success and then 10 years later are not known? It brings to my recollection a conversation that I was having when I was in Jacksonville. A good friend of ours had allowed us to go and stay at their beach house uh, in Jacksonville in a town called P uh, Punta Vedra. And maybe some of you know what Ponte Vedra. I think it's Ponte Vedra. I think that's how you pronounce it. Ponte Vedra. Of course, it's a wealthy town. Okay. It's a wealthy town. And here I am staying, you know, on the beach. And I remember every day I'd go out on the beach because, man, the, the sunrises are amazing in Jacksonville. Okay. And I remember going out on the beach and staying out there and just being in prayer and reflection because I'm an early riser and I love watching the sunrise. And so I'd go out there, spend time in worship and prayer. And I, that was just my regular habit. And then over time, what happened was, is that, you know, the people who lived in that community, 
because it was a community and, you know, you can see the houses and you can tell just by looking at the houses, these people, they got it. OK. And so um, and so here I am staying at this spot and, you know, people started coming and, you know, they started approaching me. You know, who's this random big black dude just sitting on the beach? You know, it's a private beach. Um, and so there's this guy. And uh, and so they would all come up and they'd introduce themselves. Hi, my name is so-and-so. Hi, my name is so-and-so. And, of course, I was there for nine days. So there you go. Stay for a while. And then all of a sudden, I'm connecting with these folks. And then next thing I know, they're actually sitting down next to me. It was like in the morning, they started seeing my rhythm and they started to join. And we just have conversations. And they were fruitful conversations. And I remember these people who were, most of them were much older. These people are in their retirement years and they would sit down and, you know, they would talk about the, the successes of their life and everything that they've earned and and all the things they've accomplished and all the things that they've done. And it was really good conversation. Some of the most amazing stories you'll ever hear. I mean, I heard some incredible stories, awesome stories, you know, anyway. And so we're sitting there talking, but it was always interesting to me that by the end of the conversation, it would end with tears. It would end with, I'm here now and I don't know what to do. I've got an endless supply of money. I'm living in my dream home right here on a private beach. But I don't know what's next for me now. I had one man who told me, he just talked about his great successes. He was in the... Um, uh, the garbage waste disposal business. And he would sit there and then he would have these conversations. And in the end, he would say to me, um, you know what terrifies me? And I asked, him, I said, well, what, what scares you? He says, what terrifies me is, is that I'm not a person that anyone pays attention to anymore. No one cares about what I have to say or think. Yeah, I've seen all the success, but I feel like I'm fading away into the darkness. I feel like they've just put me in this big house just to keep me away from everything. It's as if my life doesn't matter anymore. And a few folks I would actually send, you know, we'd have our moment together. Because the reality is that many were struggling with the same thing that even though they enjoyed incredible success, incredible wealth in the end they were lost and they didn't know what to do next the world has lied to us society culture has lied to us yeah we go by we drive by the beach and we see all the beautiful houses and we see the $300,000 cars, you know, and the Bentleys and the, and we see the people who go in them and we go, man, they're living better lives than we are. Yeah. It looks like that from your side, but many of them live in the prison of their own wealth and the prison of their own way of thinking in the prison of what society's pressure tells them. And so now here they are stuck. And as they grow old, they start realizing this reality. I'm going to fade away. And in, you know, in one generation, no one's going to know who I am. 
That's the story for many of us. I said, no one's going to know who we are in 200 years. No one's going to know who we are. And so we have, we have fallen under the pressure of believing that if we work hard, work hard, work really hard, save your money, do all that, do all the things you're supposed to do. And then you're going to build wealth. And when you build wealth, you'll have just enough to retire so you can die. But at least you won't die hungry. <laughs> and they've lied to you and told you that this is good enough. Can I say that one more time, fam? Society has lied to you. Society has told you, work hard, hustle hard. Because if you work hard, then you'll make money and you'll have success. And when you have success, you can save up that money, build up that money. And then if you build up enough money, then you can retire. And then you can use all that money and eventually you'll die. And hopefully after you die, you've left something over. That way, we just want to make sure you just don't die hungry. So we've lied to people, told people, win, 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 hustle, 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 secure the bag, secure the bag, secure the bag, secure the bag. And in the end, we die. 100 years from now, no one will know who we are. Our lives are but vapors. And yet we've let culture, society tell us that this is the meaning of life. And this is what matters. Lies. Lies, all of them, lies. Vanity of vanities. All is vanities. Oh, here's a better one. Let's, you know what? We're going to work hard so that way we can go on vacations. Yeah, after two weeks, guess what? You go back home and work again. And you bust your butt so you can go on vacation. Man, I'm just going to work hard this week so we can get to the weekend and then we're going to turn up. Yeah, you can turn up. But you still need to go back to work again. Vanity of vanities. All is vanity. So then what's the purpose? I mean, what is all, what does what what all this mean then? Like if we can just, because like, we could work ourselves to death, stress ourselves to death. We are the, we are, we are so stressed. We are the most stressed generation. We have stressed ourselves out to work hard, to hustle hard, stress ourselves to the point where we make the money, but then we pay all the bills, the medical bills, the, the, the therapists, the psychologist, just to help us get out of all the stress that we created when we worked and busted our butt to make the money that we made. We're stressed out because we let society tell us that the joy in life comes from success, from money, from all these things. It's like the things in life that really matter don't matter anymore. And the things that don't matter, we've made them matter. And the consequence of that now is that we've lived lives hustling, hustling, hustling for things that don't matter. And then we get confused when we've made a lot more of it, but still feel empty inside. Hmm. We are more anxious today than ever. 
We are more depressed today than ever. We, we don't have peace. We're stressed out. We're not living longer. We're, we're, we're literally dying and falling under the incredible weight of the pressure of what culture and society tells us to do. It's not a surprise that a lot of the most successful people die early. It shouldn't surprise you that some of the most famous people die early. Some of the most successful people die early. Why? Because they have bowed to the incredible pressure of what culture and society says that they ought to be, ought to do, and ought to become. <laughs> and here's what's crazy about it, is even with all the fame, even with all the fame, all the renown, all the successes, you find yourself in a place where you're still buckling to the pressure of society and you're stressed, you're anxious, and in the end, even after all of that, you die. Ain't no surprise that the most successful people die early. Ain't no surprise that some of the most famous people don't make it as long as some others. And yet here's the, <laughs> here's the paradox of it all. The paradox of it all is we have our big, you know, memorials and celebrations of them. 20 years later, we don't talk about them anymore. We've lied to ourselves, believing that this is the purpose of life. And yet it's all vanity. Vanities of vanities. All is vanity. If you depend on these things, And if you have built your life on these things, this book will depress you. And this is no knock on success. Don't get that twisted. That's not what I'm saying. There's no knock on, on, on achieving things. And there's no knock on getting married and getting your finances. No knock on, on wealth and success and health and all that. It's no knock on any of those things. It's a knock on those who believe that those things are this are central to their meaning in life. You want to know why a lot of us are anxious? You want to know why a lot of us are anxious? Because a lot of us still want to believe that we're in control. Our anxiety is coming out of the fact that we're trying to control things that we cannot. Our anxiety is coming from the fact that we're chasing after things that don't actually matter. And we've built our lives on things that really mean nothing. And the more we acquire it, it doesn't make sense in our spirit why we don't feel better because in the end it means nothing. It's vanity. Our trust has been in things that we should never trust in or lean on. And we wonder why our lives are caving in because you have put your weight on things that can't hold you up. So if you read this, you're going to be depressed because you're going to say what well, they're saying. They're saying, I'm going to eventually die. That even wisdom is vanity. 
he even the, even the fact that the wise man dies along with the fool that the rich man dies with the poor man that they're buried and they all go to the same place man that's sobering are you saying that that you know success those who are successful and those who aren't successful they still go to the same place even the good people and the bad people go to the same place you mean good people sometimes live short and bad people live long so then help me figure this out because we want to figure it out we want to figure it out we want to know why do bad people live long and good people live short why do the good die young we're trying to make sense of it why is it that when i do what's right and i do what i'm supposed to do i can't acquire wealth and status but then another person some crazy fool who's not even living right is the one that's enjoying all the success why why isn't all what why none of it makes sense why why am i trying to even live when none of this makes sense how many of us have struggled with that and the reality is is that we're actually dealing with a deeper idol deep down inside it's the idol of control. We want to feel like we're in control. We want to feel like we got this. We want to know what's the formula to win. What's the formula to heaven? What's the formula to success? What's the formula to getting a husband? What's the formula to getting a wife? And in the end, there is none. There's no formula. Ooh, this is where it gets tough. I know I only have a few minutes. I know I'm ranting. I know you guys are dealing with my rant, but I feel like I got to dig in here, fam, because it's digging into me. Is that for many of us, we have not yet gotten the point of this. Is that apart from God, none of this matters. Apart from God, this is just vapor. Apart from God, this is the mystery. Is that for many of us, we cannot enjoy life because we want to control it. Did you hear that? For many of us, the reason why we can't enjoy life is because we're still trying to control it. We want to know the formula for success, the formula for wealth, the formula to be married, the formula to, you know, become millionaires. We want control, control, control. The formula to get to heaven. The formula for salvation. The formula for all the blessings that God has. We want the formula. We want control, control, control. And it's made us anxious because the reality is, is that we're trying to take control of things we were never meant to take control of. And part of the reason why you're not happy and part of the reason why you're not miserable is because you are still trying to control everything. When he says vanity of vanities, all is vanity. What he's really speaking into is the reality that all the stuff that you're trying to control is uncontrollable. It's a vapor. Have you ever tried to control a vapor? Like you ever try to, you see a steam coming off of a cup of tea? Because the word, the word vanity there is the word havel, which is the same word for vapor or for mystery 
Um, and so, so when we when he says vanity of vanities, he's saying it's a vapor. It just disappears. It just it flees. That's why he says vanity by the wind, by the wind, vanity by the wind, because the wind just takes it. Have you ever tried to catch the vapor from a cup of coffee and a cup of tea? None of us try to do that. But all those things in life are vapor. And yet we try to catch those things. And then we try to catch it. And then when we try to catch it, and then we go, where is it? It was vapor. And it's all vapor. Even your wisdom is vapor. Even all of it is all a mystery. And then he gives us this lesson. Ooh, a, such an important lesson. As we were reading through Ecclesiastes, he gives us an important lesson. He says here, um, yes, you know, in Ecclesiastes chapter nine, live joyfully with the wife whom all the days, um, all of your days of your vain life. When he says vain life, he's literally saying your life is a vapor. All your days of vanity, those damp, those days are vapor. That is your portion of life. And then he speaks about this vapor, this vapor. The words of the wise spoken quietly should be heard rather than the shout of a ruler of fools. And he's giving all this insight to what it looks like to be in the perspective. But then he says something here, and I hope I can find it. Uh, because this is such an encouragement. And it's going to help some people today. Hmm. Here's what he says. Look at this in, in Ecclesiastes chapter eight, verse 17. He says, then I saw all the work of God that a man cannot find out the work that is done under the sun. Simply put, you can't make sense of it. It's, it's not going to make sense. For though a man labors to discover it, yet he will not find it. I don't think, I, I know some of us have read this chapter and this book before, but let's just steep in that for a minute. Like sit in that for a minute. For though a man labors to discover it, yet he will not find it. You're never going to get it. Making sense of this is never going to happen. That's literally what he's saying. Though a wise man attempts to know it, he will not be able to find it. Even the wisest man isn't going to make sense of it. The next chapter in chapter nine, verse two, all things come alike to all. One of one event happens to the righteous and to the wicked, to the good, to the clean and the unclean, to him who sacrifices, him who does not sacrifice as is the good. So is the sinner. He who takes an oath as he who fears an oath. He's like, this all is the same for us all. We're not going to get it.
it's actually not going to make sense. And then he says in Ecclesiastes chapter 11, verse 5, stay with me for a couple moments, fam, as you do not know what is the way of the wind or how the bones grow in the womb of her who is with child. So you do not know the works of God who makes everything. We just won't know. This is what it means for it to be vanity. It just disappears. We don't, we can't grasp it. It won't make sense. And in the end, look what he says. Vanity of vanities in chapter 12. All is vanity. And that's okay. It's okay for it to not make sense. It's okay to not have control. It's okay not to know. It's okay. Because the ones who are even the wisest, the most intelligent, even the most brilliant, who are trying to make sense of the purpose of life, he says right here, it won't make sense. It's vanity. So then how do we live in a world where all is vain? Easy. Accept it. <laughs> That's it. Accept it. Accept that your life is not in your control. Accept that it's all out of your control. You know how you're going to really enjoy life? Truly enjoy life? is when you give God full control over it. The whole point of this book is to give God control of your whole life. You won't ever fully enjoy life until you let God control all of it. Like until you let all of it go and say, Lord, my destiny is yours. My marriage is yours. My family is yours. All of it is yours. It's all yours. And until you learn to let go, you will not learn to enjoy all of life. This is the posture of total trust in God. This is the posture of a person who says, God, I don't know what's going to happen next, but I'm going to enjoy what's happening in this moment. We're so busy concerning ourselves with things we cannot control, with things we don't have answers for, that we don't posture ourselves as children before God and say, God, I don't have the answer for tomorrow, but man, I know what I have today. And I'm going to make the most of what's happening even in this moment. I'm going to enjoy this moment that I have today. 
you'll be happy when you actually let go. And all your anger, your depression, your anxiety is probably coming from the fact that you're trying to control something you were never meant to. This is about surrender. Here's a word of wisdom, and this is one of the main things that you'll get from this text. And it's one of the most powerful things that has governed a large part of my life, especially as a guy who loves to plan and loves to strategize. Here's the main idea, the big thing for me today and a reminder for me today. Life was meant to be experienced, not planned. Life was meant to be enjoyed, not strategized. And for many of us, We've spent so much time trying to control how things end and how things go that we miss out on the whole purpose of life. Life is meant to be lived, to be enjoyed for the moment. And when you actually posture yourself this way, whew, it sets you free. You get to enjoy what you're eating in the moment, what you're doing in the moment. You get to truly enjoy life for what it is because life wasn't meant to be planned. It was meant to be lived. It was meant to be lived, not planned. Because a man will devise his plans, but the Lord orders his steps. It's God's plan over my plan. So then, what do we do? Last thought. I'm over time. I know. I overranted. The author says in verse 13, let us hear the conclusion of the whole matter. Fear God and keep his commandments. For this is man's all. <laughs> For God will bring every work into judgment, including every secret thing, whether good or evil. The whole purpose of this is worship God. Be in relationship with him. Worship him. Enjoy him. That is your all. And if you can just enjoy him and worship him and experience that, let God control the stuff you can't. Let God do things in the way that will never make sense to you. And that's okay because you are in the embrace of your heavenly father. Let go. Let God. And if you do that, you'll enjoy life. Father, I thank you today. Lord, as we have uh, closed this book of Ecclesiastes, what a reminder it is of how important it is for us, Lord, to, Lord, just to let go and to, and to aspire for what it is that you are doing and to just in the moment, just enjoy what you're doing right now. Father, I pray that you would bless us, Lord. Teach us, Lord, to submit to you. Teach us to submit to your wisdom, your insight, your understanding. Lord, as we continue to journey through your scripture, Father, allow us, Lord, to be reminded of this every day. Lord, that we are not in control, 
you are in control and that we should simply just enjoy the things you give to us in the moment that you give it. <laughs> Teach us to be children before you. Postured in perpetual dependence. And we ask that in Jesus' name. Amen. God bless you guys. Um, text me. You'll get a daily word of encouragement. 954-231-1848. Say that one more time. 954 954- Two three one one eight four eight. Also, I want to encourage you to join my email list. The link is in the bio. Join my email list, okay? So that way, you guys can get a, uh, a weekly word of encouragement. Um, and I'm, I'm planning on sharing a couple other things as well, uh, maybe once once a week. So I'm not going to flood you with emails, but just sharing you sharing just a word of encouragement with you all. Um, and it's great for you guys to stay connected because if I get banned on TikTok or if I get banned on Instagram, which it's happened already before, it's happened on both before, at least you'll know where to find me if I ever switch out on a different platform, okay? 954-231-1848. Also, I want to encourage you, if this ministry is a blessing to you in any way, we we're praying that you would be an answer to our prayer. Vanessa and I, we've just been praying that the Lord would allow us to be fully supported through this ministry. And it's going to happen with simply you guys committing to giving $10 a month. That's what it means to be a patron. It's $10 a month. Yes, you get the content early. Yes, you'll get this episode right away. Yes, we do Bible studies. I plan on having coaching sessions as well because we want to empower people to become disciple makers and to be the church. So that's something that I've been looking into doing and praying about doing. But more importantly, it's just simply supporting this. So that way it would open doors for us to do even more for the kingdom. And so the number is 954-231-1848, 954-231-1848. So I want to encourage you, become a patron, just support what we're doing. I know $10 a month doesn't feel like a big deal, but it is a huge, huge deal. It means a lot to me, and it's something that Vanessa and I have been praying about. We've been praying that the Lord would speak to you guys to respond to this request, because I believe that through just your support, we'll be able to commit all of our time, just to focus all of our time. Can't do that yet. I haven't been able to do that yet, um, but I've been uh, committing more and more time to this. And so I just pray that the Lord would just continue to open doors. All right. Um, so, uh, and to become a patron, it's patreon.com slash Isaac Frere patreon.com slash Isaac Frere, or just click the link in the bio or click the link in the profile and you'll see it there. Um, the first one, I believe the first link is to become a patron. So, um, but yeah, I'm just believing that the Lord is going to bring more of you alongside us to make this a possibility. All right. Love y'all fam. And even if you don't support, I'm going to keep doing this, but I want to do more. And I know in order to do more, it's going to take a lot of my time, energy, and effort. And I want to make space for that. Okay while making sure I'm able to still take care of my family. <laughs>